0: Well, it's been almost one year exactly since we were in this auditorium worshiping God together, gathered in this place. It's been a hard year, filled with unimaginable challenges. Every single one of us have lost something valuable and precious during this time. Some of us lost loved ones to death, some of us lost opportunities to be with family during the holidays, during birthdays and other important moments in our lives. Others have lost jobs and lost homes or apartments. Uh, we have lost all uh, we have all lost the experiences of gathering together as a church family physically to worship together like we're doing this morning. Uh, these past 12 months have been months filled with loss and it's important for us to recognize that. We do pray, especially in a very, very special way, for all of you who have lost family members, uh, who, when you come back together again, life isn't the same. When you get together for Thanksgiving, there will be absences, uh, and for the holidays, we we continue to pray for you and with you. But at the same time, this past year has found many opportunities for us to be joyous and celebrate uh, special moments. We've celebrated new births. Babies have been born uh, physically, and we've had people being born into Christ uh, spiritually. Uh, we have celebrated birthdays and other significant milestones in, um, in, in our church lives, in our family lives, anniversaries, graduations. Our, our text today from Luke 15 has three well-known parables. We call them the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son. The titles can be deceiving. If you go by the titles for the readings today, you will think that uh, the emphasis is on what was lost. And and secondly, there are only three things or people that are lost. As we read the text, listen for where Jesus puts the emphasis. And you'll be able to tell by what he repeats each time he tells the story in a different way. And you'll also be able to tell by what he leaves out each time. Count how many times or how many lost items or lost people he mentions as we go through this text. Now, for those of you watching at Facebook, uh, I'm going to be reading from a different version because I left the sheet with the scripture that I printed out on my desk, and uh, (laughs) and so I apologize for that, but you'll see it on the screen. For those of you here, it it won't be a problem. I'm just going to read through uh, Luke chapter 15. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What person among you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after that one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or or what woman, having twelve silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and her neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that was lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the heavens, before the angels of God, over one sinner who repents. And then he said, There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them.
1: Not many days later, the young son gathered all that he
0: had and took a journey into a poor country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods or the slop that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. And the son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quickly, bring the best robe and, and put it on him, and, and put a ring on his hand and, and shoes on his feet, and, and bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's eat and celebrate, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now the older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. Your father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But the older brother was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and and entreated him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I have served And I have never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me, a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed a fatted calf for him. And the father said to him, son, you are always with me, and all that I have, all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead. He was lost, and now is fat. Are, are you good at math? I know some of you kids are, are, you know, this is Sunday, right? It's a day off from school. You don't want to do more math. But some of you are pretty good with math. So I'm going to give you a riddle, and I need you to follow along with the riddle. And you can use your fingers, but please don't use your toes, because we don't want to stink up the building. So, okay, you ready? So here, here's the riddle. If you know the answer, please don't shout it out. Okay, here we go. You're the driver of a bus and there are zero people on the bus. At the first stop, 10 people get on. At the next stop, three people get off and five people get on. At the next stop, you're all tracking with me, right? At the next stop, one person gets off, two people get on. At the following stop, four people get off and then the bus pulls in through the terminal. So, here's the question. Who was the driver? What's the driver's name? What, huh? (laughs) You can probably tell how many people were on the bus. I have no clue, I didn't keep track of that. But the question is, who was the driver, what was the driver's name? Well, the driver's name was your name because the first thing I said was, you're the driver of the bus. (laughs) You see how sometimes, if you miss the first few words of a story, then it throws your answer way off. With this chapter, if you miss the first few verses, it's gonna throw off everything you think about what happens. Jesus was hosting dinner parties for sinners, tax collectors, and people of ill repute. And the Pharisees didn't like it because that isn't what respectable Jews are supposed to do. And so they complain to him. Didn't your mama treat, it, it raise you better? Don't you know this is not how you're supposed to act? And rather than agreeing or disagreeing or getting into an argument, he simply starts telling stories to these religious leaders who are upset because he's spending time and eating with sinners. So he asks, w- w- Which one of you, which one of you would leave? ninety-nine sheep in the open field and go after a straggler distracted sheep that got lost. Um, Well, there's ninety-nine here, right? It's an open field. It's the wilderness. You don't leave sheep unattended. That would be crazy. Wouldn't be costly. And then when you find the one, you you throw this big party. Remember, you've got ninety-nine here, right? If you lose one, well, tough luck. But then Jesus goes and he says there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 who don't need to repent. Did did the sheep repent? I don't remember reading that in the story. I just know that the sheep was lost. The shepherd went out and found him and brought him in. So, So why are we talking about repenting? It's just kind of strange. There's no reprimand when the shepherd finds it. He's the one that did all the work. There's no punishment for the sheep. You go stand in the corner. (laughs) There's just celebration. Because the sheep is back home, right where he's supposed to be. Which one of you, Jesus asked, would do that? The answer is, not any of us. But Jesus has an answer. The answer is God. And then he goes on to another story. He says, which one of you women, if you lose a very special point, would scour the entire house to find that valuable object. Could have been a wallet for us, maybe a dog or a cat. You know, we all have a story of something that we lost that was so meaningful to us, and we just don't know where it went. And we're frantic until we find it, car keys, house keys, I lost a brand new iPhone, uh, uh, the 7, I had just gotten it. I was on a business trip in Dallas, and I couldn't find it. And it had my GPS. It had the directions where I was supposed to. I was supposed to chair the meeting. I lost that. I, I, I didn't know the phone numbers of my daughter uh, where I was staying. I didn't know the phone numbers of the guys that I was supposed to meet. I was sweating like crazy until I found that phone. So. We would say, yeah, well, we can understand that from Jesus. But but then to throw a party? A, a person who had never heard this story heard it for the first time and said, wait a minute, what a silly woman. She probably spent ten times more on the party than on the one coin that she lost. And that's probably true. Which one of you would do that? Did the coin Repent. Jesus says there's more joy in heaven over someone who repents after this story. The coin didn't repent. The coin was just lost. It was there. didn't do a thing until the woman found it and brought it back to the other coins. It was the woman who did all the work. There's no reprimand. There's no punishment. Just celebration because the coin is back where it's supposed to be. Who does that? Well, God does that. With this next story, or actually there's two stories, Jesus changes things up. He doesn't ask which one of you. He says, there's a man, and he's got two sons. He's telling us at the very front, this is a story about two sons. For centuries, we've called this the parable of the prodigal son. But Jesus tells us it's about two sons. I, I think we've gravitated towards that message that's resonated with us of that son that made some really really bad decisions and, and and so across time and culture and language we, we've connected with that story and so that's where we want the story to end with the son returning home and there's this wonderful party jesus doesn't end the story there but we do in, in the previous two stories The item was lost somewhat innocently. The sheep wandered off, the coin was dropped. But now we're talking about a deliberately stubborn and rebellious son who gets lost on purpose. What do we do with them? Well, the story ends the same. The son repents, comes home, he's back where he's supposed to be, and there's a huge party. But now the rationale is different. It's not just that this son was lost and is found, it's that this son was dead and now has been brought back to life. We're talking about a new life, about a rebirth, a conversion experience. Number two son squanders in his inheritance and comes home when he runs out of options. Number one son stayed home never shirked his responsibility, did everything the father asked him, but now he resents his father's goodness and compassion. So which one of the two sons needs to repent? Both do. Which one deserves the fatted calf? Neither one do. And yet they are both invited to the celebration. Who does that? God does if i were to ask you to identify yourself in this story in this last two stories who are you most attracted to who do you think fits best with who you are maybe in all the stories you think well maybe the lost item the sheep got distracted the coin got lost because of carelessness of someone else young son ran away yeah i can see myself in that maybe we see ourselves in the shepherd or, or the, the, the woman or the father searching out for that lost item or that lost son i know lots of moms and dads who spend a lot of time praying and crying over lost children but you know whenever they do surveys of this very very few people say yeah i'm the older brother that, that, that doesn't happen very often. But remember why Jesus is telling this story and to whom he's telling this story. He's he telling this story because he's been accused of hanging out with the wrong crowd. These stories are not directed to the wrong crowd. They are directed to the religious leaders of his time. Not to the lost, but the ones who thought themselves never lost. Not to the one lost sheep, but to the 99. Not to the younger son, but to the older brother. And so the truth is, we are all free of these characters. We are all lost sinners who need to return home, who need God's forgiveness. We also know a lot of people, some of them are in our family, and some of them happen to be our children, who need to receive God's loving and grace, and we search for them and we celebrate when they come home kid ourselves if we think we're never the older brother. Because we all feel at times a sense of entitlement like I belong here and God, there I say it, God owes me blessing because of what I've done. You know, we've all known people that have gotten distracted and lost their way and they end up far from there where they really want to be. Jesus is telling us to find them and bring them home. We all know people because of circumstances beyond their control have have ended up where they never wanted to be, down in a crevice in the floor. Jesus is telling us to find them and bring them home. There was a tourist bus excursion to a volcano in Iceland and a woman was reported missing when she she failed to return to the bus. The bus driver waited an hour uh, before notifying the Icelandic police Soon after the missing person's report, search and rescue teams and even a helicopter arrived to search for the missing woman. About 50 people also joined in the search by vehicles and on foot. After about 12 hours, the search was called off because they discovered that the woman really wasn't missing. She was actually on the bus and had even been a part of the search party. (laughs) Uh, apparently, after she toured the volcano, she went to the bathroom and she changed her clothes because she wanted to get freshened up, and then got back on the bus. And then she heard all this commotion about a, a person missing, and so she went out and started searching with all the other people and didn't realize that she was the villain. <laughs> and no one else recognized her because she had changed her clothes. She had no idea that she was missing. You know, there's going to be times when we meet people, they have no clue they're lost. They're just living life, and they need a hand. Once they realize, once the bottom falls out, once they hit that point, they need a hand. And then we know people who have deliberately, intentionally run away from home. Jesus wants us to go find them. Do you know that Greyhound Bus gives free tickets to any runaways between the ages of 12 and 21 who want to come home? There's a ministry called National Runaway Safe Line. It's an organization that keeps uh, runaway and homeless youth safe. And they have this program to reunite young people with their families. They provided over 16,000 families with free bus tickets to get back home. They've been doing it since 1995. You know, I think Jesus would approve of this kind of ministry. In fact, I think he would even drive the bus. So the answer to the the real answer to the river, who's driving the bus? It's Jesus. The answer is always Jesus. You catch the man. So brothers and sisters and friends, these parables are for us, but not in the way that we traditionally thought. They are a call to action. Now more than ever, God's people need to act like the shepherd seeking the lost sheep like the woman seeking the lost coin, and like the father who lovingly receives all who make the effort to come home. Now, more than ever, what the world needs now is for Christians to look and act more than ever like God himself. May God bless you this week as you find ways to search for what is lost and to find it.